Hello Mzanzi and welcome to episode 192 of Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host Tonumdu. One at Turks transitioned from a fourth generation farm laborer to a farm owner, but a recent knock meant that he had to bounce back from bankruptcy. In this edition he talks more about his farming journey and the struggles he has faced, plus some advice on how to navigate as a new era farmer in Mzanzi. Welcome to Farmers Inside Track podcast, Werner Turks. I think you have been part of this Food for Mzanzi family since we first started. You're one of the farmers that really stood out in terms of your journey within the agricultural space. But maybe for those that might not know your story, where did it all start for you? You come from a very long line of people working within the agricultural sector. And it's such a pleasure to have you here with me. I don't think. Thanks for the opportunity to speak with the listeners of the Farmers Inside Track. I'm farming in Picketburg and still with rooibos deer and grain and livestock, especially sheep. We experience another drought here, but we still keep going. I think your resilience is definitely, you know, there fully. You push through despite the setbacks. And I think you've always done that. Maybe I think you can just highlight some of the challenges that you've had over the last three, four years, just as a young farmer in South Africa. We spoke briefly about financing being a big issue, financing for mechanization being another big issue. But maybe you can just highlight some of the challenges that you faced. I mean, climate being one of the biggest, I guess. Climate change, it's really out of our hands. You can do nothing about that. But I believe and give credit where credit is needed. So the farmer that assisted me to get access to farming or the farming of the agricultural space, really good mentor. But it's the same farmer that really pulls the mat in 2019. I really don't have the reason for that. I literally went bankrupt in 2019. But this is a really good message to the new farmers or the young farmers that you've got an opportunity when you're there. It's you either lie and everyone is going to walk over you or you're going to stand up and pull yourself up and say that I'm not going to stay in this position. I'm going to keep moving. So there's a lot of challenges like the drought. Then you've got a mentor or partner who really did that. Then you've got those opportunities just to lay there and not, not keep moving. And then you've got your workforce that you lose. And if you lose that, um, like in my case, I had a really, really good workforce. And I lose it in 2019. Now you're at a point where you, where you have to get new people working with you. I've got two of the old guys who are still there, and they helped me to make it work. To focus on those negative points will get you nowhere. You must face them, but don't focus too much on them. Just on that point, I mean, how did you even come back from bankruptcy, Wernit? It was definitely not easy, right? <laughs> if you look into certain scriptures, one person out of the 12 in your circle will come and assist you or help. There's always that one. And there's a lot of people in companies or co-ops and banks that just walk at that stage away from, from me. But there were some that was there. I know there was especially one neighbor that I did partner with, with a rooibos tea. He said, no, I'm, I'm going to assist you. And he really assist me. Then you've got your black farmers that assisted that states. And the Department of Agriculture, that joined me and said, we will assist where we can. But those obstacles are there. So they really stick out of the end, but the obstacles was there. But they did what they can to assist. And if you have that circle, you can stand up. 
but it's for you as a person to make sure that you create a circle that can assist. That's very interesting. I think we spoke about it briefly, like knowing who you work with and who you can trust to work with within the agricultural sector. How do you kind of make that decision to speak to specific people who would be able to offer you specific things? Do you have any advice for new farmers, new era farmers, newly commercialized farmers? It's a difficult thing to get those people that you can trust, not only in the agricultural space, in your personal life, in business in, in general. It's difficult to get those people that you can trust your story with, firstly. You as a person have to go and sit still and identify in your group over the years who is the people that is here to help. But I've got a saying, don't kill your Judas. Because your Judas is the guy that sometimes can help you with decision-making. Because the Judas is the guy who's saying you're not doing this thing right because he wants you to fail. But sometimes he's got a bit of a knowledge that you won't fail. Don't let Judas come into your circle, but don't kill him. That, that is what I learned on the hard way. That you had to have those negative people around you. They don't have to be in your circle. It's a challenge to get really people that you trust with your story. You can tell them your story. They can. They will assist you whenever you need. And I think what made my thing work was that there was not a moment where I wanted something for free. If I had to go and work over holiday for people, I did it. I worked late nights for people to say, if you can give me that so that I can go through the day, I will work for that much hours. So I used my talent and what I have in me to create those environments that people will assist or can assist or want to assist. As a farming family or family that's been in the agricultural sector for such a long time, you're not shy to hard work. That's definitely a given. No, you're definitely not. Maybe just a bit about your family history and how long you've actually been in this industry from generation to generation. We're not lazy people. We're hardworking people. If you're in the agricultural space, you're really a hardworking guy or woman. Like I stand up five o'clock in the morning, meditate, walk a bit and came back and start work. Like I said, my previous mentor, we, we, we grew up on that farm where I was the fifth generation on the farm, where my family was working for those family on that specific farm. I started in 2005. My first boy was born. I was at a really young age, too young to work, but I chose to work. So in 2006, I had an opportunity to work at that same farm. And there was an opportunity that the commercial farmer created that gave me the space and my family the space to farm. At this stage, my dad and some of the guys said, we're not trusting those people because they've got an agenda. And I said, no, I'm going to take the chance. It was running quite well till we had the first drought in 2015. Then we had another drought in 2017. And then in 2019, we had a drought and the commercial farmer pulled the mat. I had to stand up again. What if you're willing to share the details about exactly what happened and how that actually impacted you? I still speculate about the reason for him doing all those things because it's still sad, it hurts, because we grew up together, we had a long journey together. Still speculation of what really happened. What was the reason behind it? We can say that it was the drought, 
he and his family also had a lot of losses in those in those time he maybe decided it was the only option to get rid of the debt but the problem was he was dumping the debt on the black entity because we had the loan where we go to a bank and said we want a loan as two entities but we separately and jointly responsible for the payment so those agreements said if one liquidates or then the other one should face those debts and it's bad at the beginning he had the right intentions but later on it it doesn't work like he wanted to work it's speculation it does their states and over the years it's really sad for me and my family to say that we had those long journey with this family and now we're not even on speaking terms really because of one person that decided to liquidate and bring liquidation application against my entity and a few cases there was one case that I one big case that I won this year May where he owed a chemical company he said from 2015 to 2019 that my company doesn't owe that company and after 2019 he decided to tell that company now Vernet's company also owe you the money so it was two different stories but it was a long journey in court but I won that case just sitting here across from you and listening to this my heart is sore because it's such a difficult journey for black farmers in this country and these setbacks just you know put us back so much further in terms of transformation within the country what would you say to your generation that's coming next to say why should they keep going on and what should they be thinking about and what are the decisions that you would have them make or think about for the future my kids or the generation after me won't make the same mistakes because i learned the mistakes one of the things that happened is i believe today if i look back over the years is some people use the ability from you as a black farmer they don't have the knowledge to read contracts we we didn't have those field you've got those field from being a farm worker and work hard but you don't have those business skills so they use that against you literally where they just said we can use those farmers to get access to funding we get access to cheap loans so i learned those lessons now and the first thing i will tell my boys when they want to partner with someone they have to ask that person how do we divorce that is the first thing don't go and read a contract ask that guy first before you agree to write up a contract how are we going to divorce and i think most of the people don't want to hear those questions and if you know how are we going to divorce because there's no guarantee of getting married and not getting a divorce and it's the same with the business there's no guarantee of starting a business and not going to separate at some states and some of the stuff that we heard now where a black farmer hurt at 51% and the commercial farmer 49% hurt and that black farmer had the opportunity to buy out commercial farmer and that is the kind of stories that we want to hurt and this is again how did they separate so my boys I will really teach them guys ask them how do we separate the day when we're going to separate and read the fine print if you can't read get someone to read it contract don't make a decision by just seeing the paper and signing it get someone that can read it and get someone that you believe you trust not a guy that your partner suggested because maybe it is his friend 
And now we suggest that someone that you can go and deal with. No, definitely. I think very sound advice. And I think it's so often not spoken about. We want to talk about all the nice things and the good partnerships and the things that actually work. But there's a lot that is happening that is very hard hitting for farmers and specifically black farmers in this country. Wanted maybe just a final last comments, just in terms of your plans for the next few years. Where do we see you in the next five to ten years? What are your plans for your operation, for your business? Donna, I didn't get into agriculture to stop. I'm in agriculture to continue farming. So standing up in the morning is looking for opportunities. And that's what I did. I always look where opportunity is. And I grab those opportunities with both hands, try to make a success out of the opportunity that, that is created. So in the next five years, my operations just will be bigger than it is now. If you look into my business, in 2019, I always tell the story, I didn't have any equipment left because of those processes that was followed. But after three years, I've got equipment valued around four and a half, five million rand. So I grew it over the years and I grew it with buying my own stuff working hard to earn money to buy the implements. So I definitely gonna grow much, much bigger. And for me as a wheat farmer, if I can plant as much as I can, I'll never stop planting because I love it. So I can't tell you how many hectares I will have because it depends on what is available. I can't tell you how many implements I will have. It depends on what is available. But the bottom line is that I don't focus on those negative things. I face them, but I don't focus on them. Because they're part of the learning process. Those 2019 happening could hold me back. But what I said was, this thing learned me a lesson that other young people did not learn. And I can tell them the story to be aware of those things. So... I'm the pioneer in the agricultural sector as a young farmer. I met one young farmer that have more or less the same story as mine. He's in the Eastern Cape. And I couldn't get someone with those complex stories like mine. But I met a month ago one person, also a young farmer, with the same complex story as mine. Thank you so much for joining me on Farmers Inside Track, Warner Dirks. All the best with your work ahead and keep on keeping on. Now, for more on his journey in agriculture, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Next up, and before we let you go, we celebrate this week's soil sister, Christine Mesolo. She talks about her journey getting into agriculture. She also talks more about the work she's doing in the communities where they work. I'm born and bred in Pretoria. Prior to me starting the farming, I was, you know, an office lady. I've been in transport. I've had my company for quite some time. Since 2007, it was purely a transport company where we were just ferrying people to and from airport, your conferences, your SADC meetings that were held in South Africa, Zimbabwe, observer missions, the World Cup itself. That's basically what I was doing. So I've never had an interest also into farming. When my husband bought the two farms in 2011, we currently operating and residing at. I was like, wow, of all the things you just decided to say, we venture into buying plots. When I came to visit here, I saw it as an ideal for me to pursue the event side of things. 
Thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track, Christine. You can of course read more about her farming business in this dynamic space on www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And that's a wrap from me, Don Numdu, our producer Megan van der Vent, and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team. Have an absolutely amazing week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans, though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.